Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have as our guest Mr. Phil T who is the chairman, CEO and the co-founder of Mooksoft. Hi Phil, thank you for coming and joining us today. Hi there. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to be with you. So, just to give our lovely listeners a bit of context about you and your career, could you please share your life journey so far? Wow. That's quite a long story. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I began, I guess, my career in IT, at least, uh, about three decades ago, when I started getting into uh, systems and network management uh, back in a company called Avantgarde, based in London, or a little bit outside of London. And, you know, where I got to understand the sort of use case around uh, managing digital infrastructure for availability. And, you know, long story short, I guess probably deep inside of me, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I saw a better way of solving the problem that that company was trying to do. So I co-founded Micromuse and uh, I'm a technical guy. So, you know, I wrote a product called Netcall and we took that all the way to an IPO on NASDAQ. I left and started another company called Riversoft where uh, we really were the leaders in using uh, network topology for like a map of the network um, to do the same problem use case that went public on the London Stock Exchange. And, you know, fast forward to today uh, through one or two other uh, things like an incubator and a storage software company, Mooksoft is solving the uh, problem of availability, but by using AI and machine learning uh, to do what we used to do with rules. Mm-hmm. And I suppose perhaps the one bit I missed out is, you know, my early uh, career uh, before I got into all of the software stuff was as a theoretical physicist. So, um, you know, I'm quite at home with squiggly symbols. All right. So that's very nice. That's a very interesting journey you had. So being the co-founder, CEO and chairman and continuing your journey over 10 years in MOOCsoft. So what kind of challenges have you faced over the years? Well, you know, all startups, all companies come with you know, the daily dose of challenges, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, and Mooksoft is, is no different. Uh, what we found over the years of running the business, um, you know, you, uh, they fall into various different buckets. There's finance in the business. There's achieving the levels of sales and getting customers building the product. And of course, recruiting and motivating the team that does all of that work. And I would actually put that on its head and say, perhaps the most important job that you do, the most important problem that you fix as an entrepreneur is really around the team and the culture. So recruiting the right people and getting them to point in the right direction is absolutely critical. And, you know, even more so in a very high tech business, because the breadth of background of the people in a company like Mooksoft go from you know, pure commercial uh, people uh, all the way through to, you know, hardcore PhD level uh, scientists who, you know, uh, think about the world in a very different way, uh, maybe to a salesperson. But nevertheless, you have to create a culture that embraces all. 
Right. So I guess uh, the team and the culture itself are the most essential part of trying to build this connectivity and growing uh, your company, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's yeah, absolutely. So you've yeah, talked... and... you're right. Sorry, go on. No, no, that's all right. Please continue. No, it's fine. I would say that um, you know the, the the that connectivity and the sort of the shared set of ethics and shared set of uh, values is super mm-hmm. important when you're sort of bringing these people together. Right. This connects the ideas and the dots for the con- company and you know yeah. overall objective. Right. So that's amazing. So you've talked about uh, substantially about AI and as well as machine learning being the future. And by far, it's really true. I mean, we're seeing it already. So what kind of AI technology do you think can revolutionize the industry in the coming years? You know, um, there's a, <laughs> the, these sort of revolutions, they happen very slowly and then all at once. And, and I think we're living through... A little bit of that right now. I mean, of course, everybody is uh, running around, uh, you know, crazy uh, about ChatGPT4 and, you know, all of the advances that that has brought along. Um, But I would say that that has been, you know, a revolution that's been in the making for well over a decade. Uh And you, you really don't have to go too far to run into AI at work now uh, in your life. Like, your mobile phone, uh, whether it's uh, Apple, you know, with Siri or Google with Google Home. I mean, you know, that is a voice recognition, neural, uh, a voice net recognition and natural language processor um, that is sophisticated beyond perhaps the, the, the wildest dreams of uh, computer scientists 20 years ago. Um, so the revolution is already with us. I, I would say um, that... The latest generation of very large language models and um, adversarial neural networks and all of the fun stuff that's gone into ChatGPT is going to principally revolutionize search, which may sound like, um, you know, who cares about search, right? Google's got that sorted. But I mean, in a non-trivial way, uh, you know, there is the, the access to and the manipulation of knowledge is an absolute skill. Um and, and in fact, a lot of researchers uh, in in science and, you know, humanities, language, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. part of the job is knowing how to ask the question and knowing where to look for the answer. And you look at ChatGPT and because of the breadth of its training set and the sophistication of its um, natural language interpretation layer, it's able to do a lot of that for you. And I wonder whether there's going to be an entire segment of knowledge workers that are going to be doing something different Mm -hmm. uh, with their lives um, in the future. It won't lead to a decrease in work. That's always a um, one of those things that people worry about in all revolutions. Actually, work always increases. Right. But it'll be different work. And a very good friend of mine, um, James Burke, who... He's a futurologist, a philologist. He's kind of famous for some BBC documentaries that he did um, back in the day. You know, one of the ways in which he characterizes true revolutions um, in uh, industry or work or society is if you go through a period of 40 years where you will not be able to understand what it is that your grandchildren do to make a living, we're living through one of those. The way in which, uh, you know, like if you have a if you have a child that goes on to medical school and becomes a doctor, you can more or less 
understand what it is and how they, you know, how they do their 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 job. But what a doctor's job will be like in 40 years will be not comprehensible to us today. That does lead us to anticipate a really hard times for the future, right? So I guess challenging. Hard is a, hard is a pejorative. I don't think it's hard. <laughs> I think um I think that it will enrich the right. human society. Um but it will be challenging and there will be dislocation for a lot of people. Um, and the certainty of career path, which maybe you might have had 20 years ago, going into many, many, many sort of very white collar uh, professions, law, medicine, computer science, uh, commercial um, uh, side of business, you know, a lot of that is going to radically change. Right. Radically change. So I guess people have to adapt a lot. They have to perhaps go into reskilling themselves, upskilling for new types of jobs and and the type of things that will be in the future, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that um, you know, it's funny because there's been something of a controversy. Uh I, I I'm I'm you know, I live in America and I've been out of the UK for a long time now, but you know, I think the Prime Minister in the UK was suggesting that everybody should study mathematics until the age of 18. Right. And uh, this, of course, caused quite a bit of, you know, uh, scandal over there. But mm-hmm. there's an element of truth in it. Uh, you know, in, in the modern world in which we sit, um, you know, so much of what is going gonna, is gonna to be done in the future is mm-hmm. going to be critically dependent upon a lot of stuff that if you don't have some core skills – mostly around mathematics, STEM subjects, in essence. Right. The world is going to be a very confusing place. And certainly if you, you know, if I was having a conversation with my younger self or I was giving advice to uh, one of my children or whatever, I would absolutely suggest um, that time well spent is time becoming numerate and conversant with, you know, AI technology and what it can do, the possibilities of it. Just so you're in a position to be able to exploit that in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense a lot. And the fact that uh, such huge change are on its way and things are going to be a lot more than just the controversy. People are going to expect the, the positive sides as well as the negatives, but we'll get to see it for sure. So yeah. a lot of startups are reaching heights beyond what was possible decades ago. And now it's just the culture of the startup in in everywhere we get to see right and you said how delivering real value is a is a consistent process and that partnership is built with the customer community so can you shed some light on how important this value is to any growing business yeah i mean you know in in terms of sort of uh you know interaction you know we're in the center of an ecosystem um and you know for 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 my company Moogsoft, to be successful in isolation from you know our market and our, our customer for that matter our competitors uh in the market it's kind of sort of a it's magic thinking it's sort of fantastical to think that you can do that the truth of it is, is that you have to have quite porous borders um, around your business and, and be able to exchange information freely across that, share experience. And, you know, what we spend a lot of time to is talking. Um, we talk to our customers. We talk internally. Um, 
we talk to our competitors uh, around, you know, what we're seeing, because at the end of the day, competitive advantage is perhaps more baked into what you do with knowledge than the knowledge itself. Um, and that's uh, something I've always uh, passionately believed in. Right. So that's amazing. So any last advice for aspiring youths and our listeners who would be starting their own businesses? Yes. Um, <laughs> so be persistent. You know, I would say, you know, energy and drive is incredibly important if you're going to start your own business. So if you're not fit, get fit, you know, be healthy and, you know, uh, make sure make sure you take care of the machine, uh, the human side of, of you, because you need to show up for, you know, uh, what is going to be a pretty superhuman effort and be able to stay focused all the way through it. Um, I'm a strong believer that... Um, you know, in, in, in life, you get out what you put in. And another piece of advice I would I would pass on is actually usually attributed to Ernest Rutherford, uh, a Nobel Prize-winning um, physicist from about 100 years ago, famous for splitting the atom. And he said, learn everything. Nothing is useless. And, you know, be an avid reader, stay on top of as much new information as you possibly can. That's amazing. That's a lot of great advice and amazing insights that you've shared. So this brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Phil, for your lovely time and the wealth of knowledge that you've shared with us. Thank you so much. Absolutely my pleasure.